this, now back to that. It does not matter which, because they know they are partners moving to the same rhythm, creating a pattern together, and being invisibly nourished by it. The joy of such a pattern is the joy of living in the moment. Lightness of touch and living in the moment are intertwined. One cannot dance well unless one is completely in time with the music, not leaning back to the last step or pressing forward to the next one, but poised directly on the present step as it comes. But how does one learn this technique of the dance? Why is it so difficult? What makes us hesitate in stomach? It is fear. I think it makes one cling nostalgically to the last moment or clutch freely toward the next. And fear can only be exercised by its opposite.
Good morning and happy September. Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. My name is Perry Bider. My pronouns are he, him, his. And I'm so glad you're here this morning, whether you're physically in the room or I was going to say tuning in on Facebook, but nobody tunes in on Facebook, sorry, showing my age, joining us on Facebook. Visitors and guests, we hope that you got a blue name tag so that we can welcome you and answer any questions you might have. <clears throat> we love talking about why this community is so important to us, and we'd like to hear from you what you're looking for. Please join us for coffee and cookies in the social hall and the lobby outside the door here after the platform. Um, and this being the first of the month, if you'd like to have a little more extensive opportunity to talk with uh, your fellow newcomers and also with me, please join us for the newcomers Q&A session in the, lob in the library. That'll be at noon. Uh, also, please consider sharing your email with us. Uh, you can do that on the gold sheet that uh, hopefully you found at the welcome table. You can drop that into the collection basket as it passes later in the platform service. I would like to remind everyone, please silence your electronic devices so that you and your neighbors can be fully present this morning. Uh, if you want to give us some free publicity on social media as you're doing that, feel free. Um, and I now invite Katie Towell and Rima Ism to read our statement of purpose. Uh, these two folks are both members of the SEEK uh, planning committee, organizing committee, and they would both like you to know that not only is the SEEK yearly program beginning next week, but they are still in the market for more teachers. Contrary to popular belief, you do not have to have a child in the Sunday school to teach in the Sunday school. It's a great way to maintain some intergenerational connections, so if you are at all interested, please see one of these fine folks after the platform. So here we have... Oh, the 50, okay. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanist congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you. As Rima lights the candle, please join me in our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Each week we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today I am particularly mindful of all those affected by the shootings in West Texas yesterday and by the worry facing people in the path of Hurricane Dorian. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us.
Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. It is my honor to welcome back to the West Platform Christian Hayden, sorry, blanking on names today. Christian Hayden, a leader in training at the American Ethical Union. He will have a special response period for us, so stay tuned for that. And he will also lead us in a meditation by movement today. Good morning. If you are, if you're able to um, stand up, I invite you to stand up. Take a breath, release, and find a partner. Find someone to experience this exercise with, or if you have multiple people, right? <laughs> with you, okay? Just try to find a partner, okay? So I want you to, between your, you and your partner, choose who's going to be person A and person B. Yeah? Okay. So Perry is person B, all right? I was going to, usually I, I say who has longer hair or who's been in the society longer, but, you know, I think y'all can, can make it work, all right? So... If you're person A, raise your hand. I'm person A up here. Okay. Person B, raise your hand. Person C, raise your hand. <laughs> There's a couple. There's a couple out there. Okay. So, all right. Person B, I want you to raise your hand and put it six inches away from person A's face. Okay. So when person B moves their hand, you're gonna follow with like keeping your head parallel to their hand. So if they tilt it to the left, right, you're going to stay parallel, right? If they invert it, they go high, you're going to go as high as you can, right? Okay? And then you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna make it, you're going to raise in difficulty, maybe moving around the room, right, as you, with your partner, right? Uh, getting them used to this new world. I see some folks, adventurous folks right here, like that. Right? So start moving, so guiding your partner around the room, right? watching out for other partners, coffee, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe changing speeds, changing heights, right? <laughs> wow, changing heights really high, okay? Going to... Making sure you take care of your partner. Yeah, move around. Go ahead, Lisa. Yeah, go ahead. Right? All right. <laughs> They're going. All right. Yeah. I know. Some of you are like, I've never met y'all before, and this is strange. Okay? Yeah. 
So then I'm going to count down from five, four, three, two, one. Come to a stop. And now we're going to switch. Oh, I know. It's like, what's going to, I know. Revenge, revenge. Okay. Yes, you, yeah, I know you're looking forward to it. Okay, so you're going to switch. And now person A is going to guide person B. Same way, start off slow, right? Hold off your revenge a little bit longer. All right, and then start moving around the room slowly, watching out for other pairs. Oh, this, this is a creative family over here. They got two people at the same time. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, I see the mischievous joy in some of the children leading their parents around. I wonder, I wonder what that's about. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, so play, oh, some speed changes over here, some jerky motions. Some people are like, I haven't had breakfast yet. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, you know, going across the room, exploring. <laughs> This is my little people, right? Oh, okay. All right. So I'm going to count down again from five, four, three, two, one. So freeze. Freeze. Wow, you're like, oh, wow, this must be over. Okay, put your hands down. Okay. Now, both of you are going to put your hands up at the same time. Right? So you're going to follow and lead. So one hand, so put just your right hand, just your right hand, right? And you're going to keep, both of you are keeping the hand six inches from the face. So you're going to come here, right? And you're going to follow and lead at the same time, okay? Okay? You can do it. I promise. I promise. Okay? Oh, wow. Where's my camera? <sighs> You gotta, you gotta, yeah, you gotta stay, get closer to the hand, yeah, okay. <laughs> right, you can still move, oh look, oh this family, oh I can't, I can't, these folks. Okay. Like some meditation this is. All right. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna count down three, Two, one, freeze, put your hands down. Thank your partner in whatever way seems right. And as you come back to your seats, I want you to reflect on some of the emotions and things you were feeling in those different positions.
For eight hours, I'm doing one of two things. Talking about dating relationships with young people or thinking about how to talk to young people about dating relationships. It is a great job because it reinforces my work in ethical culture where relationships, ethical relationships are paramount. But it also made me reflect on my life and how I viewed and participated in relationships, especially romantic. It has led me on a mission to do a better job of providing a more coherent narrative on why intimacy, talking about intimacy, learning about intimacy is important. The, and, and talking about intimacy in a way that accounts for its weights, its danger, its potential to reveal and change those involved. Intimacy has a definition. It is closeness, but it's so much more than that. It is allowing, it is people allowing each other to be shaped by one another, to be known by one another, inspired and pushed to growth by one another. Who's taking chemistry? Or who took it? Okay, right? A bond, like a molecule, takes energy to form and takes energy to break apart. What is formed has a different quality and function than what it was when it was apart, those atoms. It is, attachment styles are a way of describing the response one has to the, the process of building intimacy between humans, not, not atoms. <laughs> it is theorized that the parent-child relationship from infancy, as well as experiences of dating and or trauma shape the way people form intimacy or the response to attachment. Some have a secure response. They can experience intimacy without disorientation. They can communicate effectively, connect and disconnect when needed. Others have a secure, an insecure response. Intimacy can feel disorienting. Some move away from intimacy, preferring independence, me. Others. For others, intimacy induces an anxious response that makes one fear a person may leave them, so they seek them out constantly in ways that end up making uh, uh, intimacy more difficult to realize. Some have a fearful, a mix of fearful and avoidant, where connection can be reminiscent of chaos, disorder. So they end up replicating that, that chaos in the relationship pushing and pulling partners back and forth. 
These styles are not unchanging during life, and with effort, it's possible to be more secure in your attachment. These classifications are not to be a, meant to be a measuring stick of your worth or capability, only to offer some framing and vocabulary to think about how we effectively communicate and deal with conflict and disappointment within relationships. This language is important because it validated for me and for anyone, trying to build intimacy is a difficult thing. The possibility that two people might somewhat agree on what they're experiencing, feeling, and working towards. There's also not the story about connecting that I received. When I was young, I thought some, love was something I would find. Like walking down the block, I would find it. Sitting there to be collected, shown off, married, and impregnated, found it. Or I would travel to some far off place, say Ghana, and I would find love there, like a roaming love pirate. Repeat lists of things there. But what's missing from my equation? A person, <laughs> a relationship, any notion that something is shared and cooperatively, cooperatively imagined, co-created. It's not only my fault. I love music, and a lot of music spreads this kind of idea of love, something that happens to you. Our other phrases like falling in love fail to describe what being in love really means. It took me a long time to, to, to realize that real love or intimacy might require me to be aware, sensitive to my history, my needs, and call for the bravery and, 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 and readiness to be willing and intentional in creating space for others to feel the same way. This involves this sort of this process of developing intimacy involves deep parts of us internally and externally. Expectations about the future, cultural signifiers that we accomplished. And though we operate in a similar context, how we relate to these ideas might be different. Reconciling between two people is a never-ending process, which can be fun, frustrating, or dangerous. Yes, trying to develop intimacy can be dangerous, especially if equal power is not there. Power in a relationship is important. The power to do what you choose, to say what you need, to have your own independence, to be able to realize who you are. Sharing power is difficult, as you could tell in the last iteration of the exercise, of the meditation. Sharing power requires communication, respect, trust, and equality. One person making the decisions is not equal. Someone and their partner is not respect. Following a person around, watching their social media, being very jealous or possessive are not ways to form trust. This may seem obvious, but what I'm getting at is when you're trying to bond with another person, walls come down or they could, and that leaves us vulnerable. We share with the person our lives, and they will know how to make us happy, or they could know how to tear us down. Sometimes they take care with that privilege. During that exercise, sometimes uh, children will run their friends into lockers. 
so, so care again. Um, sometimes a person can be both a hero, as in someone who can make us happy, and our enemy and someone who hurts us. A year and a half ago, I worked with a student, and one year later, that student reached out to me and my coworker and said she wanted to interview us. I thought, oh, cool, senior project, I want you to graduate, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll do it. But as me and my partner began the interview, we learned that this young woman was in an abusive relationship while she was in our classroom. Abuse is when one partner takes power and control over the other partner and makes it difficult or dangerous to leave. They might try to control their partner through their body, emotions, social media, money, or sex. I asked her what was the moment that clicked for her that she said, and she said, when we talked about the types of abuse, which I just named, and she read about physical abuse, she did, realized she did not deserve to be hit. And when asked what would she want other people to know, she said, it's going to be hard getting away. And she recounted how she didn't know where she found the strength to not call or reach out to her partner to finally leave. She's lucky. Many people do not make it out of abusive relationships. Some take a lifetime to heal. Well, who wants to be vulnerable now? <laughs> it feels hard to talk about the dangers of intimacy, especially when young, young folks are here, but it's important. Young people experience intimate partner violence too. Here is where we as a society and a community need to take ownership over our duty to be honest and real about what it takes to truly connect to a person. How you need to be brave, embrace experimentation, and offer the space you create amongst yourself as a place of healing. So I need you to be brave enough, and I'm talking to everyone here, everybody. I need you to be, including myself, I need you to be brave enough to find out who you are and what you need. Losing the eye doesn't mean you are not important. To be able to lose the eye, that means there has, there's a foundation inside of you, an awareness that you are worthy, an awareness of what you need. I love sports metaphors, so here we go. Before you start a sport for the season, where you prepare your body to do some grueling things with your team, you do conditioning. You go to the gym, you go to the weight room, you build yourself up so you are ready to compete. An insecure person will find it hard to form a secure bond. A person that cannot communicate their emotions can, can also struggle to form a secure bond. Sometimes we are racked with shame over who we are and we think we are unworthy of love. Let go of that. Sometimes we do not have the confidence to ask for what we, what we need. Let go of that. Sometimes we are so scared of being left alone, we try to clean the things that might fill a void. Let go of that. And other times we are worried about confronting the feelings we had inside and keep them bottled up until they're ready to explode. Let go of that. Embrace knowing and acknowledging how you feel. Embrace knowing you are worthy. Embrace that you will make mistakes, but you'll be willing to learn. The next is I need for all of us 
to be brave enough to show care for other people, to decenter our desires, take time to learn and understand the desires of others. That encouragement, we begin with ourselves, and then we can direct that at other people. We experience the world through our eyes, and we are individuals. We can only know what we learn and what we seek out. That is where vulnerability comes in. To hold space for someone else's orientation, to be led by their values, to be influenced, to, be allowed, to allow yourself to be influenced. I can, be, I can have a definition of freedom, of connecting, of love, but that's going to look different for someone else. Finding out what theirs is is not simply asking, but finding creative paths of inquiry, using attentiveness, listening to a person's words and actions. When this happens, we will not only learn about them, but we will learn about ourselves. The people we love, share intimacy with, become like mirrors, ways to help us see the best and sometimes worst of ourselves. But it's also important to have a limit, a boundary, to not let the promise of a bonded future overshadow the presence of abuse and harm. Finally, be brave enough to share about your relationship. Share about it. Invite others to bear its fruits, others to learn from it. There's a lot of pressure when a relationship becomes a world of two people. Sometimes married couples suffer from a sense of disconnectedness from their social networks. Dangerous relationships can use that normal cloak of codependency to hide a situation where one partner is being isolated intentionally from friends and family. Community is a big part of relationship. Something sad happens when a, when, when a relationship becomes those people's world, neglecting the non-romantic connections they still need. Who will be there to support those folks when it ends? Or resource if it becomes dangerous? Stay connected. Sabunfu Somme wrote a book called The Spirit of Intimacy. And then she says, most of the relationships that are observed in this culture, American culture, begin somewhere at the top. The top of the hill has this nice feeling of being in love. There's all this difficulty about dating. Oh, it's so frustrating. You have to go out. You're scared that it won't work out or something will collapse. But eventually everything works and it looks like paradise. This is the relationship at the top of the hill. In a context which the community supports a relationship between two people, that relationship starts at the bottom of the hill and the community help brings it up. And adults, we have to do a better job of sharing our experiences, struggles, and triumphs, embarrassments, and delights about our dating and our romantic lives. So our model, my roommate tells me there's a familiar grimace I make when I deal with two kinds of people, my landlord and partners. If I'm honest with myself, I have to acknowledge that intimacy makes me supremely uncomfortable. I fear losing my independence. I fear wasting time. I'm not as flexible as I imagine. And I don't like the prospect of changing who I am what, and what I want under the sort of influence of someone else. So why did I stand up and talk about intimacy for 20 minutes? Because I realized this conversation is not just about romantic relationships. 
Attachment styles affect the workplace and the family. But this would be a much less exciting talk if I only mentioned my missed deadlines and not calling my mother and pop enough. It also affects us as a society and community. How can we do the very tough work of accomplishing a better society, a healthier planet, if we do not trust each other, extend care to one another, know one another? If we not, do not address the power dynamics in our own society, by taking as example the equanimity we should be aiming for in partnership and relationship, what will happen to us? What will happen to our Earth? James Baldwin talks about love in many ways, but most strikingly in a civic way. If I love you, that means I have to show you the things you can't see. He was referring to the racial dynamics of this country, but this works for romantic love too, and I'm sure it can work for us. Love more and see more.